What a great story, eh? There's some really good ones, aren't there, where you get this tension and you get the anxieties of people and and it all coalesces into a story that we can get, get a hang of, get the sense of. And what a good story for right now, because in this story, no one knows the heck what's going on. The blind man doesn't know how he was healed or where Jesus is. The neighbours don't know if he's really the, the blind man or someone else. The disciples don't know if the man himself sinned or his parents sinned. The Pharisees don't know if Jesus is from God or a sinner. The blind man's parents have no idea how he can now see. Nobody has a clue what's going on. And they don't have the internet. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm worn out. And I'm reading the same thing over and over again. Nobody knows what's going on. They do know some things, but the things they know are horrible. They know that for someone, for something terrible like blindness to happen, someone must be to blame. This man or his parents. It's obvious. They know that horrible thing. They know, in inverted commas, that God doesn't listen to sinners, whoever they are. And they know that this man, Jesus, is one of that lot. And in a time of fear and confusion, people take refuge in knowing things. Some people know that the coronavirus is a plot by the CIA. Some people know that it's a plot by China to somehow take over the world. So much so that we've had our Premier this week having to get on to spend his time giving us important information, refuting social media stories about the immediate closure of schools. The man's got enough to do to not have to do that. But people know all kinds of things when, when times are like this. So what can we learn out of this story of total confusion where no one seems to know what's going on. Well, it's, it's important to know that what's happened at the beginning of this story. The way that we often translate the Greek makes it sound like it's a story about one man in one situation. But the way the Greek is written, we, we're led to believe, is that it's actually, uh, it's not a man, it's a person. Even though it sort of it, it focuses on this individual, it's actually a person, and it's not person as in anybody, it's a kind of generic person. So the idea is that this is a story, even though it's true that it, it's about this individual, it's about all people. And when it says he was blind from the beginning, it's actually the same words as in the beginning. In the beginning was the word which is the beginning of John's Gospel, or at the beginning of everything in the, in the Genesis story that we had at the very beginning of the service. So it's telling us, this is a story about all of us. A person blind from the beginning. Or better, person. There's actually no A in there. We just put that in to make the English make sense. This is a story meant to tell the, the readers of, of, of John's own time and of us that it's something to do with our own blindness. Because at the end of the story, the Pharisee says, say, if, if we don't need it on the line, they say, well, surely we're not blind, are we? That's the question 
we're invited to ask ourselves through this story. It's a story about all of us. Jesus said, I came into the world so that those, for judgment, so that those who do not see may see and those who do not see may become blind. Here's a, another translation of that from the message. I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day. I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see. And those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Those who have never seen will see. And those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. It's possible to see and not really see. When your mother said to you, looking for something in your room, did you really look? She was asking you whether you were really seeing or whether you were just skating over the top. We understand this experience in our lives all the time. I've heard some people say, and I think it's ridiculous, did you have a proper look or did you have a man look? I just think it's highly insulting and I don't want to mention it again. And Jesus says at the beginning of the story, I am light in the world. We need light to see. We need to be able to see, not just have our eyes open. Here's the interesting thing. One of the things that we do see in this story, and it's quite fascinating, this is the bit where the neighbours who have seen him before and as a beggar began to ask is this not the one who used to sit and beg? And some were saying it is, and others were saying no, it isn't. Another level of confusion and of blindness. This is a man that's been in their community all their lives, and yet they're not sure what they're seeing. They're all seeing the same thing, but they're not seeing the same thing. They're all looking at something, and they're not seeing it. Just like we're doing right now with the coronavirus. Some of us are telling each other, that this is the worst thing that has happened since the 1918 flu epidemic. And in fact, mostly our governments are getting to that point and enacting all kinds of uh, regulations and restrictions and hopefully stimulus packages that will help everyone. It would be lovely if ours included those of us on unemployment benefits. But, you know, politics often often gets in the way. But there are others who are saying, well, this is way overblown. We should just keep going with life as it normally is and hope for the best. And the rest of us are somewhere in between trying to figure out what to do. So we're not far from these people who see this person every day and half of them can't decide whether it is the same person or it isn't. They, some of them want to believe it is. So they make sure they do it. Some of them don't want to believe it is because they don't want to believe that someone could do this so they, they want to believe something else, that this isn't the right person, it's somebody else. And But the man kept saying, I am the one. The scholars tell us this is the only place in John's Gospel where someone other than Jesus uses that amazing a definition of God that we get in the book of Exodus 
in the story of Moses and the burning bush, where Moses asks God the experience he's having, who are you, what am I experiencing? And God says, I am who I am, or I am, I am. We're not quite sure what comes between the two I ams. I am, I am. And here, and Jesus uses the term a couple of times in John about himself, but we're told by the scholars this is the only place where someone other than Jesus uses the term. He says, I am the one. In this moment, this man has not only received his sight, but has received a a reconfirmation of who he is. You see, when Jesus took the dirt out of the ground and rubbed it with spittle, what he was doing in, in one of the ancient Jewish understanding, understanding of spittle is it's, it's out of the essence of who you are and don't we know that at the moment? We don't want to spit on each other at the moment or any time. Um, that the spittle is coming out of the spirit of who you are so it was the dirt out of the ground and the spirit out of the spittle combined. You don't have to be even a very good Jew or a very good scholar of the Old Testament to go, wait a minute, isn't that about Adam and Eve, the, the Adam, the Eve, the first? Isn't that how that happened? It was the combining of dirt and the spirit of God to make something in the image of God, something with the, the divine essence within it. This is what's happening to this man. This is a man who is on the outer of everything. You think it's bad to have a disability in our culture and to have to struggle through, as it is for so many people? Imagine it then. No social welfare net, no nothing. And the added absolute certainty that someone is to blame. Either this guy did something hideous, how he could have done it before birth is tricky because he's been blind since birth, but it's either him or it's his parents. And the Old Testament has got lots of stories of that sort of thing going on. So not only is he not getting much of a social welfare net, but he's got this terrible prejudice. Every time someone he sees him, it's so obvious that he's got the scarlet letter on him. But here, Jesus recreates him by shoving mud on his face. And he knows it. Because he says, I am. I am. In other words, I know myself to be sharing in the great divinity of the universe. I am so deeply connected to God that whatever you think you see when you see me, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think you see me, he's the one that was the beggar that was blind, or maybe he wasn't the one, it doesn't matter. You're not seeing anything that is true. What else do we see? The last bit. Jesus heard that the man had been thrown out. And finding him, this is what he does all the time. He's not in there. He's out there where the people who have been thrown out are. And when he heard that, so Jesus disappears from the story after he puts the mud on the man's eyes and sends him off to the pool. Then it gets into all the argument, all the confusion. No one knows what's going on. When the man has been thrown out of everything, not thrown out of church, but thrown out of culture, thrown out of home, thrown out of everything that makes life meaningful. As many of us are beginning to wonder whether we might be throwing ourselves out of that if we're going to have to be closed and away from our friends and people we love. Jesus comes to him and asks him whether he trusts 
and he says, I don't know who, what, I don't know, I don't know anything either. I know I can see, but that's all I know. And Jesus says, here, look, you can see, you can see. Trust what you can see. Trust it. You're now living in the light of day. When I am in the world, I am light in the world, Jesus said. And so the man said, I trust, Lord. And he worshipped him. He lived in worshipping. He lived in honour. He lived in respect. He lived fully attentive. That's what we mean when we say worship. He knows himself to be who he is. And he knows himself to be who God called him to be always from the beginning of the world. I don't know how you're coping this last week. I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted by thinking all of this stuff through. And I know many people are. I've hardly spoken to anyone on the phone this week, and it might just be me, but who hasn't burst into tears while we're talking. And I don't think it's me. It doesn't. Most people don't cry when I call them. Um, because we're all really struggling. I want to hide away from all of this. I want to pretend it's not happening. I want to latch onto those little tiny bits of half news, half opinion that say it's all going to be fine soon. I want those things to be true. Most of my brain knows that's just me begging for something. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to live in Lent when I won't be able to have all the things I want to have, which turn out to not be much stuff. I've probably got enough toilet paper to get through. Turns out to be the people I love, who now I at least can talk to on the phone. I want them all to go away, but I know I'm being called to live in this moment, to live like this man is, fully alive. I am fully part of the divine nature of the universe. And even on my worst days, if I'm at home, as some of us may need to be, totally isolated, that doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change what is innate in me, what has been built into me from the beginning of the universe. My oneness with you all and with God. To live fully in the light and to see to fully see.